You start with self-love. You okay. really start with self-love. The only way we can keep doing this journey is because we love ourselves so much that how could we stop ourselves from living more joyfully from the, how could we diminish ourselves or hold ourselves back when we love ourselves? I, I don't think most people actually understand what self-love is, but self-love is wanting you to be you and not accepting being reduced by fear, being reduced by shame or shutting yourself down. Because that is not in your love, self-love's most interest. Like self-love is wanting you to be nourished and, and to grow and to be free. And if we do, we go on this journey that is, we have to look at our shadows. We have to look into our pains and our blockages. There's a lot of things that can be very heavy sometimes. If we do it because we feel like we have to and like we, we would be like, it was so much struggle again. It's just like pushing things through. And if we cannot have self-compassion and, and some mercy that it is okay, we're doing our best and we will keep on going and we're doing what is best for us, but there's no need to beat ourselves down. I mean, that is the way that we can keep walking forward and actually enjoy. It's We have to go back to this self-care and self-love. And self-love is not to cut ourselves slack. Self-love is not to allow ourselves to stop and just like watch Netflix. That's not self-love. That is quite the opposite of self-love. That is mm -hmm. stopping us from being ourselves. Self-love is I love myself so much that I cannot wait to live the life I came here to live and live more joyful. That is the real drive to keep going. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Moron, and today's guest is Aline Rapem. Aline is a spiritual guide, healer, teacher, writer, facilitator, yogi, and speaker. She guides individuals on their spiritual path, and she supports people to establish solid foundations for spiritual growth and soul fulfillment so that they can establish a direct self-sustained connection to the divine through nothing but themselves. So prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Aline Ram M to the show. Aline, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Aline, please. Hi, everybody, and thank you for having me here, Constantine. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. And yeah, I, I work as a spiritual guide and healer, and I've been on the spiritual path since I was a teenager, which is not exactly usual, but I also had a very normal life. I went to business school and so on. So it's not exactly like I've always been only spiritual. I'm also part of this world. And a lot of what I do is uniting this two, you know? So I started, yeah, very early in life. And I had the chance of having people around me that could put me in my path so to speak. I think sometimes we are curious, but not really sure where to begin. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I'm most grateful for is that I've always had the right people around me to guide me in a way or another. That's, that's a, a really good point because I'm looking back at my life and even though I had these questions in mind, you know, is there more to life than just a nine to five? Is there more out there? And if you don't have 
friends or family to look, that, that are on that path is very hard to find. And for me, it took quite a few years. I'm curious to see, I believe you mentioned you started at 14 years old. How did it all start for you? Well, it didn't start in a good way. Okay. <laughs> it started out of fear. <laughs> it, I started having experiences in, when I was a teenager. I actually started when I was 12, 13. It just took until I was 14 to actually know what to do about it. But when I was a teenager, I started hearing voices. And, you know, a lot of a lot of children might have similar experiences, but then as they get to teenagehood, given social stigmas and stuff, they shut that down and they don't really remember. I don't actually think I heard voices when I was four or five years old. Maybe I did. I don't know. I don't remember. But what was very different for me is that I actually started hearing them very loud when I was 12, 13. And those were not nice voices. were actually voices that scared me. It made me very scared of sleeping because I would normally listen, hear them at night. So that is how it began. I began to have these experiences and not really know what to do about them because both of my parents are scientists, they're not spiritual people at all. I was not in an environment that I could just share that without knowing they would just call me crazy. So I, I, I hid it a lot at first. My parents knew I couldn't sleep and there was something wrong, but they would they would take me to doctors. I developed very strong insomnia because of this fear. So that is how it began. In a way, of course, it sucked to have insomnia. At the same time, they led me to this awareness that there was something more. It's like, why can I hear all these things that nobody can hear? Because I know I'm not crazy. I know there's something going on here. It led me to have this question of, what is this place? What is this so-called reality, really? There's so much more to what we can see. So for a long time, that was the main drive in my spiritual path. I wanted to know, what is this place, really? Because, yeah, just following this clear thing that I was hearing all the time. And at the same time, looking for ways to protect myself. Because my first contact with spirituality, mysticism, wasn't exactly beautiful, rainbow, love and light. It was there's something scary out there. So I also wanted to be able to protect myself. So this is what really started me on the path. And for a long time, my spirituality was very linked to mysticism, to playing with energy, with this love for magic in a way, love for energy work, um, driven by knowing what is this place. And at that point, I wasn't really uniting spirituality with personal development and joy or anything like that. It was very disconnected. And I, as I said, I went to business school. I had regular jobs and I did all this work on the side. And because I didn't link spirituality with personal development, it was all about the mystic part that didn't do much for my life in terms of joy and happiness. I still had like breakdowns. I still had anxiety. I still had issues struggling with my job and all those things because it took me a long time to understand that the key question of spirituality was not what the hell is this place. The, the key question is, who am I? And yeah. it took me so long because of the way that my first experiences were to get there. But when I got there and understood that, that the core question is, who am I? Then everything changed. And then it was a new step in my progress. So to speak. Well, when did you say you, you first thought about the who am I question? Was it much farther down the line? Well, I had heard the question many times because I joined mystery schools very early in life. And that was the question that they brought all the time. It was just not resonating with me. 
It was just like not meaning anything to me. It's like people would say, who are you? I was like, I know who I am. It's like, I, I couldn't, at that point in my life, I couldn't see the layers of the question because really my focus was not there. I just wanted to like understand energy and be a magician, you know? It was like a completely different focus. And I had to have a breakdown. Like I, I got to a point around 28 years old that I absolutely hated my life. And I was like, okay, there's something very wrong here. And I went to a, a holiday with a few friends like a surfing holiday and like a week uh, surfing. And for whatever reason, I decided that I was going to take three Buddhist books with me. Like I need to read these three books. And it was when I read those three books in a very short period of time that a lot of connections were made. And then it could really grasp the question and what it was trying to say. And it all went very fast after that, especially because I had already done so much work before that, because there were so many components that were already in me. I just couldn't link them. So the moment that I could link them, I was like, ah, okay, now I know what to do. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. So what does the question, who am I mean to you now after you've done all this work? I'm, cu I'm curious if you could share that with us. I mean, the... There's so many different points about this question. And it begins with the realization that many things that we identify ourselves with are not us. So, so first is this disidentification with emotions and with thoughts that so many of the things that are driving our lives are not really us. Many times we can understand that at a mental level. It is quite easy to say I'm not my thoughts, not my emotions. But five minutes later, we are overreacting to our emotions. Uh, so no, knowing something doesn't mean actually embodying it. Knowing something is the major play of the ego because the ego tells you, you know it, so you don't need to do anything more. And then you stay at that, you know, you don't actually do the work. Because deep down when we say, who am I? We're trying to separate our, ourselves from the ego. And that's why the ego is so good at playing because the moment that you, be, you really embody who you are, there is no more ego. So the ego is going to do everything it can to fight for its life, <laughs> so to speak. So it's creating this separation between who am I and who am not I. The thing is, the only reason why we think we are in our emotions is because we over-identify ourselves with them. And so it becomes, we become scared of letting them go because that's all we know about ourselves. It becomes like a psychological suicide. We suffer mm -hmm. For something that there is no actual reason to suffer for. A process of understanding who am I is also identifying ourselves with true, who we truly are, which is love, light, and will. We are divinity. And it can be, I mean, sometimes I tell people, yes, we are divine. And some people answer me, yeah, I know it. But they don't really live divinely, which is the same play of the ego. And other times we tell people the same thing. People say, like, what the hell are you talking about? Because it's something you actually have to experience. You really need to come in touch with yourself of who you are. It is quite easier to say, who am I when we think about mental models? Like, are you your job? Are you the roles that you play? Are you the son? Are you the father, the employee? Like, what, what, if you take away any of those roles, do you stop being who you are? What is it that defines you? If you lose an arm, are you no longer you? And we start taking stuff out. We take everything out until we try to find out what is still there, no matter what. That's such a beautiful way to put it, right? Because 
no matter which layer you remove, the one that's visible to the outside world, it doesn't change who you are. In the example you gave, losing an arm, an open wood, that type of stuff, they may make you more miserable now and hate certain parts, but it doesn't change who you are at the core. And I never yes. thought of it that way. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Now, would you say then that in order to get to the point where you can really answer the question of who you are or who I am and really get to that point, you need to have some solid foundations in place for your spiritual growth? Like, because you said you did a lot of this work, which also made it easy for you to find the answer, but you couldn't get to the answer until you put all this work in. Well, the foundations make it easier. They, they, they do give you the support of like the understanding of what's going on. The more present we are, the more ability we have of being self-aware because we can catch ourselves deceiving ourselves. The more clarity we have, the, the less illusions and fear can invade us. So those, for instance, are two of the solid foundations that are work with us because we identify ourselves, for instance, with our fears, right? It's like, I'm so scared of something. I, I'm not allowing it to do. What the fear is actually doing is not allowing you to be you. It's something that is holding you back. And that is why it's part of your ego and not you. So everything that we think it's us, that we are reacting on, is actually stopping us from being ourselves. So we have all these traps in our personality that are doing nothing but stopping us from being. And that's the work of who am I, is to allow, dissolve all that is holding us back. Okay, so when, when you finally had this realization, you understood who you are, what changed in your life? What were some of the big things that changed for you? Feeling lighter. Okay. Definitely just feeling lighter because so much of what's weighting us down is things that we identify ourselves with. There is a great quote that is, everything that you identify yourself with controls you. And everything that you disidentify yourself with you control it. So the moment that you know who you are, you just have more control over your life. You're starting to be a master of your life instead of being controlled by things. So you get more agency. You understand much more your power. You're, you become more empowered. And you deal with fear much better. It's not like you don't have any fear at all, but you don't identify yourself with the fear. You can look at the fear and do it anyway. So you become having a much stronger sense of who you are and being much more true to yourself. Yeah. So it's not that that was your pivotal moment, right? That maybe transitioned. Was it the time when you transitioned from working as a business developer or product manager into being on your full spiritual path? Or did you start that before you identified or you understood who you are? Well, the thing about grasping who we are is that we have glimpses of it every now and then in this path. But the glimpses are not necessarily close to each other. And sometimes we lose faith in between the glimpses. And it's almost like we need to go back to having those glimpses to return our faith and our hope all the time. But as we keep on the path, those glimpses get closer and closer together, stronger and stronger. It's almost like they, we're starting to anchorage inside of us. It's not just more an experience. It becomes an embodied being in us. So it is a process. It, it is not like, oh, I had a glimpse. I, I know who I am because I was in the ceremony and I experienced it for one hour and everything is going to change now. Not really, because life is going to continue as it is and we're going to have to keep on remembering all the time and bringing it together. So we need to have more and more experiences and integrate it more and more until it becomes a stronger constant in us. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's such a, I mean, that's such an interesting way to look at it, right? Because... 
I, I've seen it in myself and in others as well, where you have a, a revelation, you have one of these glimpses and you, you think you've solved something, but then you don't put the work to build on it and continue it. And then it goes away. You know, real life happens. And when I say real life, I mean, I'm talking about day-to-day life, right? The, the things that you are entrenched in, be it work, family, whatever it is. I'm curious, what have, are some things that work for you or people that you've worked with to either make these glimpses come more often or be stronger or to stay on that path, like you said, in between those glimpses? Is it like meditation or breathing exercise or what, what have you seen work for you and others that you've worked with? So I have three things that I'm very thankful for having helped me in my path. And one of them is definitely practices, like do your spiritual practices every day. Because the more you do them, the more light will anchor on you and the easier we get to sustain that. Because otherwise our experiences are just that, experiences like nice hobbies, but we cannot hold it. So what daily spiritual practice does for us is that it expands our container so we can carry that light sustainably onwards within ourselves. If we only have glimpses, we cannot sustain it because we don't have a container that's strong enough to sustain that amount of light on and on. Actually, many people who have strong rituals, they actually lose it very fast because it was such a burst of energy. And if they don't have a daily practice, their system is not strong enough to hold it. And that's, yeah. So, So be it yoga, meditation, there's so many different practices. It really depends on the lineage that you are in. Different lineages are going to have different practices. But mm. like really leaving it is crucial. So this is one. That's all. Okay, so let me, before we go to the next two, if I may ask, you said it depends on the lineage. It depends, of course, on your culture, your background. How How is one way that, let's say, our audience and even myself, how could we find what those spiritual practices are? Because I'm assuming it's like tools, right? So a tool may work for me, but may not work for you. How yeah. do we find that? Like, are there people to talk to, places to, to check? I mean, there are so many different lineages, and I am part of, of, of one, for instance. And I, of course, I, I've been in different lineages and all initiatory lineages and mystery schools. I changed them as I thought that I needed, that this is not for me. I'm going to try something else. So it is, it's okay to, to try different things until we find something. The trick here of the ego, the trap, is to keep exploring only and never actually commit to one. Because eventually you need to say, this is the one that I'm going to stay with. Maybe three years after you want to change, but we need to commit to something so that we can go deep enough to have the energy shift. If we do one thing here, one thing there, no energy actually builds up on us. And this is what solid foundations are. It is allowing that energy to build up, which requires commitment, which requires repetition, which requires going deeper and deeper into the onion. Because every single practice, we might think some practices are simple and easy, but the more we do them, the more layers we see they have. So it does require commitment. Yeah. Yeah. It almost sounds like when I started this idea of the podcast, I'm like, oh, it's going to be easy. All the information is out there. Then the more I peel the layers back to your example, the more I realized I knew nothing and I have to put so much more work and so much more research. And it sounds like we can use a similar analogy to what you said. So let's take an example then. If it's yoga, if it's meditation, the idea is, yeah, you can do it superficially, but you really need to dig deep to see if it's for you, right? And then if it's not, move on to the next thing and try that. Yeah, and especially because many lineages, they start in a very simple way because, well, you're new to it. 
But the more you progress, the more rich and the more amount of mysteries are revealed. And I, I love talking about yoga about that because most people in the Western world think of yoga as just like physical positions. But yoga is incredibly deep. I don't even know. It's like a mystery school in itself. You know, it has so many different limbs and philosophies and types of meditations and rituals. You can go on in yoga forever and not know anything. So there's a, like, sometimes we oversimplify things without fully, you know, we just rob it of its essence. So I, I'm saying that because I'm also a yoga teacher. And I'm always fascinated by yoga, even though it's not my main thing. But I know I can always rely with it on it because it has such a depth energetically. Yeah. So it sounds like yoga is part of your spiritual routine, right? Or spiritual foundation. Yes. Right, like what allows you to get to okay, and so you said that was the first of three. What were the other two elements? So the other one is initiation, which is something that it's, I know it's not part of most people's mindset when they think about spirituality. But my path has always been mystery schools. I joined the Rosicrucian Order, was fourteen, Gnosis later, which is more like Eastern school and modern mystery school. They are all initiation based. So you actually receive different rituals that expand your consciousness, that change your energetic field, allowing certain energies to enter you that couldn't before the initiation, before mm -hmm. the ritual. It is a little bit of a death and rebirth process there. And many old lineages have that. It, it is an alchemical process that happens there because certain... I mean, a part of knowing who we, we are is to let go of what we're not. But another part is having internal alchemical processes that allows spirits to reveal itself. And this is what initiation like does. Is, does. And it's just part of a progression, so to speak, because also the more initiations we have, more things get to be revealed to us. And bigger is our ability to circulate certain energies. Okay. That's okay. And let me ask you this. So you you mentioned in, you know the a lot the idea that you know letting go of the things that we are not to truly reveal who we are. This may be a stupid question, but deep down, do does everyone know who they are? It's just that because of the things that they are not and the ego, those things the, the who you are doesn't actually surface up. Or is the who we are or deep down something that we have to work on to reveal it and we truly don't know until we peel the layers back and then be like, oh, we've done enough work, now I know who I am. It might be a question that cannot be answered. I'm just thinking out loud. It's a little bit of both. In a way, we are creating things on top of things, you know? We, we have this fear and then this mental construct, and we keep on adding those layers of complexity. And there are so many layers that we cannot see what was always there. What point is that? You just there, there are some people, I'm, I'm in Brazil, right? And there's like some people in Brazil that love to say that spirituality is a cleaning process. We're just getting rid of all the dirt that so we can see what was always there and that is a big part of it still we can work in this thing that was always there so they can actually expand and this is what chemical processes are so that yeah so that it reveals itself so to speak. okay so initiation was number two what's number three then on that list yeah the, the, the number three can be also very unexpected but it is energy healing sessions and I don't mean here energy healing as any kind of shortcut. It's not like you can just go to some healings that you will always be fine. It's it's not like a massage therapy. Oh, every time I have some pain, I'm just going to go there and she will fix it. You know, it's not that. But if we're actually doing the practices every day, which is number one, 
a lot of our energy will start moving around. And it's no different from an athlete, you know, like if, if you're training very hard, you might need some support to clear yourself so you can keep doing it. So if you're doing a lot of energy work, you're going to be moving your energy a lot with your practices and there'll be a lot of things going around in your field. And what good energy work can do for you is help you eliminate that out of your system faster. So, uh, yeah. So, so I, when you say yeah, eliminate, it's eliminating, eliminating the bad energies or the negative energies and allowing the, the life energies or the good energies to have more space to move around. And yeah, it, it's catalyzing your, your work. Taking that you're doing the practices, taking that you're doing your work, the healing sessions will catalyze your work. And it's like you can do it without the healing sessions, but it will take you much longer and much more energy because proper spiritual growth energy work like in yourself in practices can be very heavy you know sometimes we're really fighting with some things that we're so attached to they're really like lingering in us and it's like what energy work can do is help us like facilitate those processes so i myself take energy healing sessions every now and then just to help me with certain processes because i don't think i have to do everything alone i mean sometimes i do sometimes i don't i think there is no absolute right and wrong in life or in this path. Every situation is a situation. Sometimes if we want to do everything alone, that can be hiding some arrogance and pride. If we're always running for help, that can show us that we're not being very resilient. But sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need to do it alone. And that is discernment. And discernment is key. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love that message and it resonates with me because... I've seen it in life many, many times when you, I've, I try to do a lot of things alone, but it's not until I actually allow others in my life and allow others to help and guide or give me that point of view I missed to bring me up to the next level, essentially. And you're, you're absolutely, I mean, I agree hundred percent what you said, right? It's like, yes, you can do it all alone, but is it the right thing? Yeah. Or do you always rely on people, right? It's a fine balance, like everything else in life. Exactly. Yeah. So once you had an aha moment, what happened next for you? Like once you had a good understanding, okay, this is who I am. I finally understand the question. Well, I, what happened for me even before I got to that point, I was just, I was feeling something big was coming and mm -hmm. I, I couldn't break myself into two anymore. So I had my office job and I had all my practices and I got to a point that because my spirituality was not the most normal one, I didn't share with people. So I got to a point where I was feeling very, like, split. I yes, had this maybe. life and this life, and I couldn't do this anymore. And I got to a point like, no, I, I just have to quit my job. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I have to quit. <laughs> like, it's so clear. <laughs> I have to quit. And, and then it became like this mute shift because I quit my job and then I left my town and then I, my relationship broke up and it was like I, I cannot do any of this anymore it's just it was not one thing it's like everything is, is wrong <laughs> like this is not my life this is this is not what I came here for and I still didn't have the answer but I, I just like I know it's coming and I need to give everything I have this is the only way that it will come I, I have to give a hundred percent of me there's no like just half doing this, you know? Yeah. So you trusted the, you trusted that feeling, you trusted yourself and you trusted whatever message you receive. Yeah, this is the path you need to go on. It must've been really tough. I would imagine. Yeah. And at that point I had no idea that I was going to work with spirituality. I was still do only doing this for me. I had no idea what I was going to work with. You know, I 
just <laughs> I just I just have to do this for my own well-being, for my own happiness. And uh, I quit my job like thinking maybe I was gonna go only for six months. Somebody called, you know. And I started playing with some business ideas, and now and then I realized that no, I I just have to leave this town. And then it became one year, and then it became two years. So it was, I don't know how it worked until this time. People ask me like, how how could you have gotten on sabbatical for songs? Like I don't know. I just have to do it, and it worked out. <laughs> you know, it's uh, have to trust sometimes. And and I mean, some people say, ah, oh, so so like courageous to have quit everything. And I when I connect to it now I feel like the most courageous part was not leaving it was sticking to it because I stick to it one year after and two years after and I still didn't know what I was going to do you know I, I could have gone back at any time it's like that that's not a chance that that's that's not what I came here to do that I, I don't want to go back to prison <laughs> and I, I don't say anything about not being not, you want, right came here to do that it was just like it was not me uh, and it doesn't matter what kind like that's my path and I, I, I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah. Wow. That's such an inspiring story, right? Because it's so, ch I mean, it sounds very challenging to leave everything behind, not only your job, but people in your life, places that were familiar. That must have been something else. So you say it took a couple of years. So what happened over those years? Like, of course, I'm assuming you had some big challenges to overcome, right? Some internal doubts, some, some concerns, so what happened next? I just followed my call, went into different courses and different retreats and different places on my own. I just went on this very long journey on my own. And it didn't make any sense because I didn't plan anything. If you look at the map, I just went like back and forth across the Atlantic Ocean. It's like nothing of it made any analytic no, sense. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But I just, just kept going around and like Peru, Ecuador, Brazil, Morocco, Sahara, Egypt, Greece. I just went all, to all places that I was supposed to go. And I kind and how of... Did, how did you pick those places? Like, did those places come to you or you just... Yeah. Or something guided you to those places? I just knew I had to go there. And I, I never knew much I had. I only knew like three weeks before going somewhere. So, wow, that that no, that's a story. Yes, that's so, yeah. amazing. So it was. A, I'm very glad I did it. Many times I wasn't even aware of why I was going to those places, but I just followed. So yeah, yeah. So it's almost like you had to learn lessons in each of those places. So was it then two years after this started, or about then, when you had the realization of you know that big aha moment with who you yeah. are? Okay. Yeah, I don't even. I think. It was a very slow process. It was a slow process. And it was grabbing a little piece of who I am here and another piece of who I was there. And little by little having more of those insights until to a point that is like, yeah, if you sit and meditate, give it 20 minutes and it will come, you know. Uh, so it, it gets easier and easier. But of course, it's very hard to always stay there. Of course, I, I have periods in my day that I also disconnect and I have to go back to it. It is very difficult to stay in this place of 100% always living in your divinity. And this is the main work for me right now in, in my own path. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, would you say now that your human experience is connected to your spiritual experience, right? So essentially the two of them are no longer separate. They're now together. Do you find that they're now together 
almost all the time? Because I know you just mentioned they still feel separate at times. Is the goal for them to be a hundred percent all the time, or is the goal to make sure that there's a you know there's a good connection and you never disconnect from one or the other? Well, I, I am connected to my spiritual life a hundred percent of the time, whether I'm I'm aware of my divinity all the time. That is what I, I forget. No, no. So different things. So I feel like the more and more we are aware of the spirituality of everything, like chairs are just energy, like everything is just energy. And the more we can read life as a symbol, like everything is constantly communicating with you. So that is what we're working on as well as it's just a natural consequence, actually, of opening ourselves up because everything is happening at once and together. It's only a matter of where we put our attention on, what are we deciding to focus on and every single second. Okay. So then what you do now versus what you did before you became a spiritual guide, a healer. Can you tell us a bit about the work you do now as a result of the work you've done on yourself? So I've been working now for a few years as a spiritual guide and healer full time. I I was already a healer before for for quite a while, but I I was a healer like it was a side thing, you know, I never thought I was going to be a healer. And then at some point, yeah, this is became so clear. This is this is it. Aline Draem, if I had to change my name, I got this strong message saying everything that I should do. So it wasn't like I out of nowhere decided, oh, I'm going to be a spiritual guide. It was more like I got a strong message of one second that was like reading a full book in one second. And it said everything. It said, you have to change your name. This is your slogan. This is your method. This is how you work with people. This is your color. This is your everything. Oh, it's wow. like, this is what you do. This is, you know, it's like, this is your mission. You kind still of remember all of that? You still remember all the, the entire oh, message? It was very strong. It was, it was one of the most important seconds of my life. It, it was a life-changing second. And how did it come to you, if I may ask? Did it come to you in meditation, yoga, mm-hmm. or... I was relaxing. I was like, was actually in Ecuador. I was on a hammock in Ecuador. It was a full moon day and it was like Capricorn, which is connected to work, but I wasn't doing anything full moon related. It was like daytime and I was just relaxing on the hammock, like after lunch, you know, and I just like got out of it. It's like, okay, now I know what I have to do. And it was still a big process because again, even though I was in this path for quite a while, I never thought I was going to work with it. And getting a message telling me that I was a spiritual guide, it took me months to work on my own self-judgment of who the hell am I to call myself a spiritual guide? Mm -hmm. Like that was the first work to even like dealing with my own self-criticism and how are people going to take this and people are going to laugh at me. Like, you know, like every single thing you can think about, that was the first thing. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do this because I'm clearly doing this because this message was very clear, well, I got to work a bit on my own self-limitations, on the, the things that are stopping me from being me, which are judgment, shame, and, and fear, you know? So these are the culprits of the ego. This is what is always stopping us, even when we know who we are. So they're doing, they, they will do everything they can to stop us. They're, this is their mission, and we have to be as strong as we can to rely on our essence, because we know. Yes. So, so that was my work. And, and after that, I started to actually calling myself that. And first, I would put spiritual guide as the second part. I was a healer and a spiritual guide. And then, oh, okay, no, now I'm ready to call myself a spiritual guide and healer. It's like, it was a step by step. 
as I dissolved my own blockages. And now I feel very confident in it because I know what I can do and I know what I'm doing for people. I can see everything happening and I can receive the messages much faster. But it was a huge journey to get here and I had to deal with so much discomfort within myself. Oh, it sounds uh, like it. It sounds like it's been a very challenging journey, right? Yeah. And uh, so what does a spiritual guide mean to you? Like I, the reason I ask this is because, of course, spirituality means a lot of things to different people. Yeah. And then a guide can mean different things as well. I'm wondering, how do you see spiritual guiding? Like what, what does it mean to you and to those that you help? So my job as a spiritual guide is to make sure people are on their path, that people don't go out, get out of their path. So my main job is to make sure they, they stick to their path and, and showing them when, okay, I think you're crossing a line that is taking you out. Let's come back to the path now. And I channel practices to people that will support them in their current blockages. So that is one of the main things that I do in practice. I receive a lot of messages about the people that I'm guiding. So I know exactly what is energetically happening to them mm -hmm. and what they need to stay in their path. I do also healing sessions that allow their energy also to clear out. Ultimately, the work of a spiritual guide, why do we want to keep people in their path? Ultimately, we want to relieve people's suffering because suffering comes from attachment and illusion, illusion of who we think we are. So as we release suffering from a truthful point of view, what we're increasing is people's authentic joy and ability to be themselves know their true selves. Mm. And this is what will take them to live divinely and joyfully. Uh, so that is the connection, even if we think about traditionally, like Buddha is always saying, right? Like we are always saying, always sad. <laughs> but yeah, like it is ultimately about freeing ourselves from suffering. And what is suffering? Suffering is ego. Suffering is what covering our true nature and essence that is divine. The more we know who we truly are, the less we suffer. And the more joy we cultivate. That doesn't mean life will be perfect. Challenges will all exist because we can only grow through challenges. But there is a difference between seeing a challenge as something that you cannot grow and not something that is bringing you despair and drama in life from being attached to everything and not being able to see through anything. So we release suffering by releasing from illusion. Wow, that's such an amazing message. Love it. I, I feel inspired myself and this is... Such a beautiful conversation, and I'm learning so much. So as a spiritual guide, I would imagine that the way you work with each individual that comes your way is different, right? Because I would imagine that there's no one, one tool that works for everyone. What are some, some challenges you're seeing you, the people you work with have to face that are more common? And maybe you can give us some ideas on how people can start overcoming those before they can work with someone like you. No, I, I actually have two different programs that I offer people that want to work one-on-one -on -one with me. And one is exactly like you just said, like every person has a different path and I cannot do something that go, works for everybody because I need to channel what is working with them. But I did create a, a program that is for people who are beginning on the path because there are some certain things that benefit everybody that creates those solid foundations. So some basic toolbox that will give people resources to yeah, better master themselves. So we all can better release from blockages within our body, traumas are stored, you know? So there are certain techniques that can be simple, even like shaking, that can help us a lot. 
breathing properly, everybody can improve breathing properly and doing specific breath work and having the knowledge of different breath works that are for different things. So depending on what they need, they can go to different techniques. So there are a few things that everybody who is starting can benefit from to build this preliminary toolbox before going to more advanced programs full of tailor-made techniques, you know. So that makes sense. Absolutely. And I, I know, so going back to a couple of things that you mentioned earlier, right? Like living with, with purpose, right? Living on your path. As you mentioned, as a your guide, you keep people on the path. Would you say that in your case, you found your purpose to the message, but you couldn't get that message until you understood who you are? Would you say that that's the case for most people that you've worked with or the, the ones you've interacted with, that to be able to find your purpose, you need to truly understand who you are first, or they kind of go hand in hand? They go hand in hand. And in a way, the moment that I got that message is the point that I understood how, who I was, I was truly am. What you came here to do, your purpose is directly connected to who you truly are. Because our purpose is not something disconnected. When we're doing our purpose, we're doing nothing but expressing our being. So the moment that you understand who you truly are, you directly understand what you came here to do. Okay. So I, I don't separate those two. And I actually think sometimes people are pursuing purpose from the wrong angle because they're looking for an answer to what the hell do with their lives. And the real thing that we need is just understand who you are and you get to live your life. That's all you came here to do. Living your life will allow you to do what you came here to do. But if you are not living your life, your purpose is just another have to in life. It will just become a struggle. The answer is find out who you are and everything will be so much clearer because so many other answers are answered when you know who you truly are. You understand reality much better. You understand illusions and attachment much better. You understand what you came here to do. It's like it's a question that is a lot more work, but it answers so many things at once. It dissolves so many illusions at once. Yeah, and well, that, that makes that makes sense. I know it's. I'm trying to think of it, right? And it, it sounds like it's a huge task. So, what would you say if someone wants to go on this journey because they've always had these questions, or they know, or they believe they might be on a journey? Where do they start? Yes, of course, I imagine it starts with yourself. Yeah. But where do you start? You start with self love. You okay. really start with self love. The only way we can keep doing this journey is because we love ourselves so much that how could we stop ourselves from living more joyfully from the, how could we diminish ourselves or hold ourselves back when we love ourselves? I, I don't think most people actually understand what self-love is, but self-love is wanting you to be you and not accepting being reduced by fear, being reduced by shame or shutting yourself down. Because that is not in your love, self-love's most interest. Like self-love is wanting you to be nourished and, and to grow and to be free. And if we do, we go on this journey that is, we have to look at our shadows. We have to look into our pains and our blockages. There's a lot of things that can be very heavy sometimes. If we do it because we feel like we have to, and like we, we would be like, it was so much struggle again. It just like pushing things through. And if we cannot have self-compassion and, and some mercy, that it is okay, we're doing our best and we will keep on going and we're doing what is best for us, but there's no need to beat ourselves down. I mean, that is the way that we can keep walking forward and actually enjoy 
it's we have to go back to this self-care and self-love and self-love is not to cut ourselves slack self-love is not to allow ourselves to stop and just like watch netflix that's not self-love that is quite the opposite of self-love that is mm -hmm. stopping us from being ourselves self-love is i love myself so much that i cannot wait to live the life i came here to live and live more joyful you know it's and that is the drive. That is the real drive to keep going. That's such a deep message. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm becoming emotional just listening to you and watching your emotions come through and your energy. And it's I can't even explain it. It's it's powerful. Thank you. I'm almost speechless here, but I'm I'm trying to look through some of the notes I took here and, and see. Because I have so many questions, and this is such a such a an inspiring conversation and empowering at the same time too. Because by the sound of it, actually, this is a question to you. It sounds like first, a everyone has a purpose. They may not know it, and they have a true themselves within them. It's just a matter of do they want to get to the bottom of it or not? Do they want to become their true selves? Yeah. yeah. And what would you say to the skeptics, to the people that say, you know what, Aline, I don't know. She, I don't I don't understand what she's talking about or I don't resonate with it. What would you say to those people? Or are, they, are, are those people not ready for this work and it's just a different path for them? Well, we all have free will. We all have free will. And, I mean, nobody has to believe in me and nobody has to be spiritual. Many people are not spiritual and are living their purpose and it's okay. You know, there's so many different paths and so many different ways to to live our divine lives. I don't expect people to, to believe in me. I, I grew up with two scientist parents that up to today don't believe in anything I do. So I can handle skepticism <laughs> quite well. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the way you answered that. But let me, I mean, what I was trying to get to, I wasn't necessarily implying that, you know, everyone has to believe this, but more like if let's say you want to help people that are a bit more skeptical, is that just forcing it there so you don't do it? Or if you, if someone is a skeptic but has a bit of an open mind there's a bit of hope for work with those individuals or how does this work because i'm trying to wrap my head around this like when do you know when you want to help someone versus there is no cause because they're on, your, on their own path they're doing their own thing so there's no point i only help people that want to be helped i cannot help somebody who doesn't want to be helped it, it's very simple it's, so it's, a, it's very simple. It's like you can only you can only help people that want to be helped. There is no like it, there's this example that is like somebody is trying to help this blind lady cross the street, but she didn't want to help. She has crossed the street many times. Maybe she did want to help, but then she would probably ask, you know. And, and I feel like sometimes we're trying to save people that don't want to be saved, and it doesn't work like that. It starts with free will. I can only do things for people that want to work with me. It is like. Um, that and makes sense, right? You're not forcing anything because it kind of goes back to, you know, the life you had before, right? Because it was forced and you know how miserable things were because yeah. you're forcing yourself to do things that were unnatural to you. So this makes so much sense. Yeah. And another thing I, I didn't share before about my journey is that before I was a spiritual guide and when I was just on my path, one thing that I did was writing. I started writing very early. It was just a way for me to I still write every single week. I have this newsletter that I love writing. So I, I write these articles uh, exploring different subjects of my of spiritual growth. And I publish them on Medium and everything. And when I first started writing, I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring these ideas to people who never heard of it and bring more people into spirituality, you know? 
And it took me a while to understand that that was not the point at all. I, I was writing to people that already believed, you know, what I was writing. But they were either alone and isolated, like around people that didn't believe them, that my writing is just bringing them this feeling of I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who thinks like that. And giving them some encouragement to stick to themselves that they, that they know they have it. Or to people that also already believed in that, already were aligned with me, but couldn't articulate it. They, it, they knew that was something inside of them, but they couldn't put the words. And then when they read what I wrote, it's like, oh, okay, this is what I was thinking, <laughs> you know? So it's much more a process of allowing some people to go through their own process, but a process had already started, than changing somebody's mind through a single conversation. And I think sometimes I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm here to, to help people that want to start on their path. So that they can go on their path with some guidance and with like more safety and knowing what is the next step, you know, just, just that, that's what I can do. I'm not here to, yeah, convert anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's how it should be. I resonate with that a hundred percent. And it's like, you're sharing the beautiful message you have received and you have learned over the hard years of work you had to put in. And if people are open to receiving it, that means they're on the same frequency level as you or at the same energy level and they can receive it. And with a bit of help or guidance, they can not struggle and go off path as much as they, they used to. Yeah. And, and different people need different things, right? Like I, I am not scientific in any way. I never put sources of researchers in anything I do, you know? So, and some people need that. And the people that need that will never be appealed to the way that I communicate. And there are other spiritual, great spiritual teachers that will bring those references to people and they will have those teachers. You know, there's so many different people covering things from different perspectives and we all get to work with the people that resonate with us. And it's okay. It doesn't, we don't have to force ourselves to be something we're not. We have to trust that we will be put together with our people. Yeah. Once, once you truly understand yourself, right. And you do that work, like you said, understand who you are not then it becomes a bit more clear the people you resonate with and the people you want to be around with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this, is, this is a lot. This, is, uh, this has been amazing so far. I can't thank you enough for, for taking time to talk to us and share your wisdom. And uh, I will sign up to your newsletter. It sounds, it sounds amazing. Speaking of that, where can people sign up for your newsletter? I should go on my website, alindram.com slash subscribe. That's very easy. That's we can, I'll send you the link later as well too for the show. We'll put them in the description for those that want to click on it directly. We had such a deep conversation so far, and I know there's a lot to unpack and process. I do like to ask two questions that are towards the end of the conversation that are a bit different than what we discussed, if if I may. Mm-hmm. And it's it has to do with time travel in the sense that let's say you could go back in time ten years, right? Your younger self, when you were still struggling on this path. And you could give yourself one piece of advice that could make your journey easier or could do anything that you think would benefit you. What would it be? I think just to not take things so seriously because I, I had a moment there that's like, I was just in a rush. Like, I need to know this. And it's like, no, take it easy. Enjoy. Go dancing. You know, it's, it's fine. I, I think yeah, I'll try to remind myself of that. And I think that's such a powerful message for you know, people as well, because in this day and age, and I look at myself and my life and my coworkers and my friends, 
because of commitments with work and family and chores and everything, everyone is in a rush, right? You don't stop to smell the flowers as they say. You don't yeah. stop to enjoy nature when you walk. And yeah. I, it sounds like that's pretty much the message you will give yourself is just, you know, take, take it easier. You know, just stop, you know, enjoy the moments. Enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Go awesome. play. <laughs> yeah. So now let's say we, the second part of this is, you know, we travel now in the future, right? 10 years from now, we see yourself, your older self as this amazing spiritual guide and healer, your practice, all the amazing people you've helped on their journey. And you get to have a 15 minute conversation with your older self. What's one piece of advice you'd want to bring back or something from that older self of you that you would want to bring back and apply it to your life today? <laughs> Just keep going for it. Like keep trusting. Because there, there's no other way to get there. Got to trust. Maybe. So yeah, when you say trust, trust your heart, right? Trust, trust yes. what's coming from within you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I keep, keep walking forward. Yeah. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Well, thank you, Aline, so, so much for today. If I want to learn more about you, I know you shared your website. Yeah. Are you on any social media where you're active that you would want people to maybe go check out? your work? I think the best way is really to, to sign up on my website. I have quite a few different free materials. Like I have some a free ebook on what spiritual growth and for people that are not really sure what they want, there is an ebook about nine reasons why you don't know what you want. So because social media and me, we have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's fine. So I always, if I create a video, I, I enjoy creating YouTube videos sometimes because I feel like I can talk more. Yeah, I'm not that crazy about the short messaging sometimes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you're, you're, everything you've shared today is so deep, right? You need more than just a few words and just a few seconds to, to share that. And it also takes time to process, right? Because I'm looking at myself and trying to absorb all the pieces of wisdom you shared. And it's like, wow, I need to sit with this. I can't just think and be like, okay, it's the, the answer is here. You have to truly sit and, and look at it. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we go today? that you think may benefit the audience or even you to share with others around the work you do, around any of the lessons learned or anything else? So there is one quote that I love that I don't even know where it comes from, <laughs> but it goes like this. Do everything as if it was all that mattered and do it knowing it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and it's really, take this with us sometimes that we, yeah, it is giving ourselves 100% to life, you know? There is no playing safe. It's to surrender to it. But not taking ourselves so seriously at the same time. It's, it's it's almost like living without expectations, right? Like just do it, enjoy the the experience, and don't expect anything and allow it to be whatever it is, almost. And, and, and no, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out. And it's like, nothing is that serious, you know? It's once we understand ourselves as immortal, eternal beings, relativity becomes a whole other yeah. perspective. And sometimes we think things are too serious, like, oh, my life depends on it. And truly, it, it, it doesn't. It, you know, it doesn't. But you still have to do it well done and surrender to it, you know? Yes, absolutely. And give yourself to it. It's just, yeah. When we can be there a hundred percent but not be heavy, then we've we done it. And and that is that is what living in duality means. It's both at the same time. It's integration of polarity. It's not just one or the other. Yeah. Okay. That's okay, that's uh, yeah, yeah. 
I can see that. I can I can I can definitely visualize that. But definitely something to sit with and let it stigma and see what it means to me. And of course, those that are going to watch and listen to this. Wow. Okay. Alain, I can't thank you enough. I'm so grateful to have had a chance to speak with you and learn from you and humble to have had this conversation. And yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.